0: Entering the Freedom Hut.
1: Georgia is on our minds. Will a signature audit happen and perhaps change the vote count in that state? Plus, Dr. Fauci says he'd accept a role in a Biden administration. Biden also telling you that he wants us all to mask up for 100 days. Are movie theaters going away forever? That and more coming up.
0: This, this is the Buck Sexton, Sexton, Sexton Show, where the mission, or mission is to decode what really matters with actionable intelligence.
2: Russia. One all make no mistake, America, a America again.
0: The Buck Sexton Show begins. Former CIA analyst, former member of the NYPD, he's a great guy. It
2: is Buck Sexton.
0: Now,
1: Welcome, friends, to the Buck Sexton show. They've been telling us no evidence. And then some people found a dictionary and looked up and it turns out that sworn affidavits under penalty of perjury do count as evidence. They've been telling us no irregularities. And then we see thousands of votes messed up by the software or found in a in a bag or a ditch or a a bin somewhere that weren't counted in Georgia. We've been seeing these issues, even though all along we've been told don't pay any attention to it. Now, keep in mind, in states like Georgia, the margin of victory is less than 15000 votes, less than 15000 votes. Friends, this is very tight. This is a very thin margin of victory. But they've been telling us all along, oh, even if there is a little bit of a little bit of a problem here or there, some fraud, a little sprinkled in there, a little irregularity peppered in here. Not going to change anything, but then yesterday, in these hearings in Georgia, we saw video. I watched the whole twelve minute video presentation by the uh, Trump team, and it certainly looks very fishy. You have people dismissed, told that they need to go home. It's the end of the end of the election day counting, and then some people stay behind then they Pull out suitcases from under a table and start doing something that looks a whole lot like counting. And they've got three machines that are able to go during that period of time. And they estimate that those machines could do a couple thousand, uh, a few thousand ballots an hour. And they got two hours to work with, with no one else there. And this is all on camera, which they believe would be enough for someone to count in invalid illegal votes such that it would cause the state of Georgia to go for Joe Biden. Now, that is the allegation. And I have seen the video and the video is certainly very concerning, very interesting. Why would any counting? I've seen also the explanation that the most common explanation offered up, and it's including from apparently a election official in the state of Georgia, who says, oh, these are called cutters and they're removing uh, they're just removing the absentee ballots from the envelopes. Okay, why would that happen with no one else there? Why would this happen after hours? This is the standard practice. And then they say, oh, there were no ballots really in in the suitcases. They were just empty suitcases or empty bins or something. It's not compelling. The explanation for this so far is not, okay, I I, I can kind of see how that would happen. No, instead, you look at this and you say, hmm, that's very suspicious, isn't it? That seems concerning to me. But sure enough, mainstream media wants nothing to do with it. They simply don't care. They They tell us that this is already... Debunked. That's one of their favorite words. Anytime there's a debate that they don't want to have, they use the word debunked to claim that it's already over with. Well, now finally, Governor Kemp of Georgia has come out and he has said that there should be a signature audit. Now, let me point something out to you. When we were initially having these fights, when we were having these debates, before the election even happened, about how mail-in ballots would be so susceptible to fraud, you know what the response was? Oh, be quiet, you, you idiots. There's signature matching. That's our fail-safe, so you can't just mail something in. There's signature matching. And that was in the months leading up to the election, what the pro-mail-in ballot media, Democrats, libs were saying. But then we found out, after the election, oh yeah, remember the whole signature matching thing? Didn't happen. Didn't didn't do it. W- what do you mean? Eh, Maybe we did it in some places, maybe not in others, but no. Why wouldn't you have an audit looking for a signature match here? There's no reason. There's a, there's an understandable public controversy. There's there's reason to believe something bad has happened here. And we have at least some prayer of finding out what really went on here by checking to see if signatures match. Now, what are the what are the the risks uh, for the people involved in all this? You have to remember that they keep saying, oh, this Republican official or that Republican official. uh, Can you imagine if you were in charge of elections for the state of Georgia or you were involved in that process? and you've been saying all along it was fine, and then you're proven to be a fraud and an idiot? That wouldn't look very good, would it? But more than that, and here's the part of it that I think they're, they're particularly concerned about. Here's the part of it that, they, that really worries them. All we have to do is find one clear-cut case of fraud in one of these states, and the whole conversation changes. All of a sudden... You have a situation where when they tell us that there's no uh, there's no reason to look at this. It's already over and done. Stop being a conspiracy theorist. Stop. um, Stop looking at this crazy stuff online. Now, the president says that they didn't match. Now, the signature matches is what they would have to do in this case for the absentee ballots. Right. Mail in ballots. That's where the signature match was supposed to be applied. And we keep hearing no evidence of fraud, no evidence of fraud. But every time we try to look into allegations based on evidence, they say, shut it down. End it all. That's because they know if we find one case that they can no longer pretend is not absolutely proven, real, ironclad the game plan has to shift. What do they say then about Wisconsin and about Nevada and about Arizona? What do they say about these other states? What do they say about Pennsylvania? Where we still have very real concerns and there are serious allegations out there. They don't have an answer. They're hoping to shame you and shut you down so that we do not hold the line. And it matters right now Here we are in December. We've got a little over a month before an inauguration. And these weeks ahead are absolutely critical. We need to support those who are going for answers here. We need to support those who are willing to present the evidence, win or lose. They are warriors for the cause here. They're doing the right thing. And we need to understand that everything on the left, everything on the left is at stake right now because not only would their dream of the end of a Trump presidency, it's not like they're excited about Joe Biden per se. I mean, no one's that dumb. But it's the end of the Trump presidency that makes them so jubilant. That's why there's this sense of, of, uh, of joy all across left-wing America. But not only would that be at stake, if we establish that there was cheating in this election, the Democrat brand, oof, There'll be long term ramifications for that one. When we get into arguments about elections going forward, we'll say, really, cheaters you want to try and cheat again. And don't ever forget in this process that while they're while they're asking for good faith, while they're telling all of us, while the media is doing everything they can to just bludgeon you into submission with all these stories about nothing proven fact check. It's not true. Fact check. They're lying. Fact check. No evidence. They spent three years pretending that the president of the United States, the actual president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, was an asset of the Kremlin, a traitor to his country, a Russian spy who stole the 2016 election. They are in no position now to point at me or you or anyone else and say, how dare you dabble in these conspiracy theories? No, we're just. Fact-checking. We'll call it that. They like that better, I think, than searching for truth or looking for, looking for clues. We'll just say we're fact-checking as well. Was this election stolen? Fact-check. That's what we're doing. And whenever they offer up the no evidence claim, we'll say, well, the no evidence claim has been debunked. Turn it back around on them. Use their weaponized phrases as a means of shutting down their efforts to shut you down. It'll drive them nuts. And as long as we continue to hold the line on this, as long as we continue to do what we need to here to get the evidence presented and to bring it before a judge, because even if a judge doesn't rule in our favor, at least then it's official record. the, The evidence presented in court, we can all cite it. We all know it's there. It's public. And we'll hear the presentations as we have been in these oversight committees of these state legislatures will we'll hear what the trump team has found so far and i'm for the first time you know i have not been overhyped on this you know, a lot of people that are running around saying trump won it's 100 percent. we're going to prove it i think that they're they're getting ahead of themselves in terms of whether we can prove it but this in georgia this is the first time i've said uh we need to Dig in on on this fraud and see what's really going on here, because I think we may have it. They're calling it a smoking gun. It's not quite there yet. I got to look through all the all the different explanations and all the different peculiarities of Georgia state election law. But it certainly looks fishy and anybody seeing it, anybody who's told what's going on here, they would think the same thing. So all that nothing to see here, just move on, gets a little bit harder for the libs, doesn't it? And then when you add to that, that the Democrats changed laws in places like Pennsylvania in an unconstitutional fashion, we still very much are in this fight. It is not over and we're not going to give up until we we decide it's time for us to move on to the next fight. And we're not there yet. So Georgia is on our minds. This signature match audit should absolutely happen. There's no reason for it not to. Governor Kemp has come forward saying just that it's good to hear from the guy. It was kind of quiet for a while. It seemed there. And it's essential as well going into the January 5th runoff for the Senate that everyone understand that we're watching every move in Georgia and the GOP better have their poll watchers and their lawyers. They better get their ground game ready to go. Get those election troops, so to speak, all in line and ready to. To watch what's happening and make sure that it's all legitimate and legal and none of these shenanigans happen again. Because I can assure you of this whatever the Democrats got away with on this election day, they will try the next one. Whatever it is, it'll happen again.
0: You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast.
3: You know, I called early on for a signature audit. Obviously, the Secretary of State, per the laws and the Constitution, would have to order that. He has not done that. I think it should be done. I think especially with what we saw today, it raises more questions. There needs to be transparency on that. Uh, I would again call for that. And uh, I think in the next 24 hours, hopefully, we'll see a lot more from the hearings that the legislature had today. And we'll be able to look and see what the next steps are.
1: So what's what are they going to say? What are they going to say when it comes time for this audit, when it's actually happening? And we find that there are some signatures that don't match if that if that happens. What are they going to say? Oh, it was a good faith mistake. I I just want you to be prepared for it right now. It was a good faith error. People just we wanted every vote to count. They're not signature specialists or whatever. Trust me. Trust me. They're, they're going to find some way to tell you they're going to find some way to make it seem like this was no big deal. So here's the truth about Georgia. This is a, the, the AP said when a voter requests an absentee ballot on a paper application, he or she must sign it. Election officials compare that signature to the signature and voter registration files before a ballot is sent. When those ballots are returned. The required signature on the outer envelope is compared to the signature in the voter registration system. Well, Trump is saying, because a lot of people saw this, that did not happen. Didn't happen. They're supposed to be comparing the signatures. They didn't compare the signatures. Eh, You know, got to count everything. Sorry. Whatever comes in. Democrats know that if they eliminate election safeguards, if they take the, the things that are put in place that are agreed to by both sides, and and then they change them so that it's just possible to flood the zone with whatever it benefits them. Why, why is that? Is there something about being a Democrat that means that you you prefer the convenience of mailing something in as opposed to showing up in person and voting? No, I I don't think there is. So why do Democrats recognize? Just think about it this way: what about mail-in ballots, mass mail-in ballots for anyone who wants one, everyone? is so obviously an enormous benefit to Democrats. They they knew this. I mean, Nancy Pelosi was gleeful, and I'm just going to say it, Republicans should have fought harder on this earlier on. But we got so beaten down by the COVID panic narrative, and oh my gosh, you can't expect people to, to stand in line to vote. People are in line to the grocery store all the time. They're going to big box stores. All this stuff about lockdowns, acts, people act like, They're actually stuck in their homes and don't go anywhere. That's not true. No one does that. Or very few people do that. No, they go out and they do things that they have to do. And to to vote once a year for a vast majority of people wouldn't seem like such a big imposition. They could have done it so that people were in and out in a speedy amount of time. And there's no real risk of no high risk, I should say, of virus transmission. But the Democrats knew if you make this just a free for all ballots coming in from all over the place. Don't know where, don't know. You just sent them all out in the mail. Millions and millions of live ballots all over the place. They knew it would benefit them. Why is that? We all know the answer. They say things like there's no fraud. Why would they say that? That's obviously untrue. It's propaganda. If there's no fraud, then how can we investigate it? Right. People say, ah, I heard from a really trusted source that there's no fraud. We all know it's not true. That is their approach. That is what they will do. That is what they will say. And the implications of all this are enormous. If we catch them in one serious fraud, even if it's not enough to overturn the election, think about this. If we catch them in one serious fraud in any of these states, then it will be they'll be wounded in terms of their credibility, their ability to fool Americans of good of good faith and goodwill into believing the Democrats aren't somehow a corrupt political organization. Uh, That's going to be a lot harder. So I want to find the fraud, even uh, under any circumstances. I want to know what was done here. I want to know what happened, Uh, because I don't believe the Democrats who claim the current president is a Russian asset and a fascist. I don't think it's above them to cheat. Just going to put this out there.
0: Thanks for listening to the Buck, Sex Sexton Show podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple podcast, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: What is Joe Biden's genius plan to save America from the virus? Anybody got any ideas? I, I got one. It's the same thing. Biden's got a fever and the only prescription is more masking. Play one.
4: It is important that we, in fact, uh, uh, president and the Vice President, we set uh, the, you know the, 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 the pattern by wearing masks, yeah. but beyond that, where the federal government has authority, I'm going to issue a standing order that in federal buildings you have to be masked and in transportation, interstate transportation, you must be masked in airplanes and buses, yeah. et cetera. And so uh, it's, a, it's a matter of and I think my inclination, uh, Jake, is on the first day I'm inaugurated to say I'm going to ask the public for one hundred days to mask. Just 100 days to mask, not forever, 100 days. And I think we'll see a significant reduction if we occur that, if it, that that occurs with vaccinations and masking to drive down the numbers considerably.
1: Because we haven't been masking, you abject moron. That's really what the plan is. I'm going to ask, you know, I was walking around and I, 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 I broke my foot on my I'm, uh, here, here here, you go. Here, He actually answered that. Why, why did he break his foot, play four?
4: I wear the big boot most of the time, but when coming out here, it's just kind of clumsy. So they gave me this little thing to work.
3: How, how is your foot, and what happened?
4: What happened was I, <laughs> I got out of the shower. I got a dog, and anybody who's been around my house knows, dropped a little pup, dropped a ball in front of me and for me to grab the ball. And I'm walking through this little alleyway to get to the bedroom. And I grabbed the ball like this and he ran and I was joking, running after him to grab his tail. And what happened was that uh, he slid on a throw rug and I tripped on the, on the rug. He slid on. That's what happened. Oh, man. <laughs> not 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 very exciting story.
1: Your next uh, president, if the Democrats get their way, friends. Yeah. Hey, you know, I was out there, a little little dog running around and man in the rug and, you know. I was moving and my weight was going and wondering, you know, this is this is who's going to be the leader of the free world. if Democrats get their way. It's pretty amazing. But back to the mask mandate, though. Can you get on a plane right now without a mask? No, you cannot. Can you go into a private business in states that like New York and California have lockdowns and are going through their worst ever right now? They have the worst ever number of cases in those states and some of them, not all of them. Is that is is it obvious to anybody why this is happening? Do, do they understand why this is happening? Because the masks certainly haven't stopped it. So I'm just wondering: is anybody have a theory of the because they can keep telling us mask up, mask up, mask up? But remember, if you had an infection and a doctor told you at the beginning Oh, don't take anything for that. You don't you don't need anything. Don't take antibiotics. Don't take antivirals. Don't take anything. You'll, you'll you're, you're fine. Uh, and then you found out that, oh, no, the doctor came back a few weeks later. Turns out I know that you almost died from that infection, but you, we were totally wrong about that one. Would you trust that person as much? Would you believe them going forward? I think you'd have a tough time with it. On masking alone, Fauci, Dr. Fauci, told us all don't wear masks. In fact, there was a period there, I remembered in New York, where you had to be careful if you wore an N95 mask, you might get N95 shamed because people would say, why are you wearing that? That's for healthcare workers. To which I think anybody would want to respond, I don't want to get the virus and it's in life, ultimately, we are in a kind of every man and woman for himself situation. I know the libs like to pretend that we don't all know that, but no one cares about your health but you. Maybe your spouse, your immediate family, but no one cares about it as much as you do. No one. You care about your own health more than anyone, and being told you can't wear a more effective mask that you're able to get your hands on because it is meant for healthcare workers just goes to show you the mentality here. Oh, Okay. Why is it better that? Why should it just be for healthcare workers? Because it's better, obviously. How much better? I'm going to tell you that if you look at the science, a properly fitted N95 mask is substantially better than the bandanas that people wear and the loose kerchiefs they'll put around their face and say, Yeah, I'm masked up. Yeah. <sighs> and yet here we are, still being told this 100 days. A hundred days to mask. Uh, How many hundreds of days have we already done this? You know, what the definition of insanity is we all know. And that's exactly what Biden's telling us to do here. That's exactly what's going on. He wants you to just keep listening to the same stuff that hasn't worked. Somebody tell me, what would it look like right now? I mean, this is this is the model that I want to see. If we didn't wear masks at all. If we just went around living our lives and everyone doing their own uh, cases, I'm sorry, doing their own protective measures, what would it look like? You don't ever hear that number. You don't ever get a sense of what that number would be because what, what's it supposed it, I think today we have, uh, I'm trying to see the latest, the latest number of, of cases. 207, 217,000 cases roughly on December 3rd, confirmed cases, 217,000. Without masks, what would that number be? I'm really curious. 2 million, Five million? you know, because if, if the number without masks would be 220,000 or 230,000, um, I think they can back the blank off. I think they can leave us the heck alone because it's not enough. But they won't tell you because they don't know. Instead, what they do is they put Biden forward. And here's my fear. You know, I've been. I've been very consistent on this and a lot of conservatives got a little weak. Oh, but I I like I think I know the science. I mean, you know, masking. Uh, There are a lot of them, a lot of corporate conservatives out there who are uh, starting to get a little weak right around. you know, July, when there was the surge over the summer, I saw people were getting a little, oh, I think we should we should listen to Fauci. I'm not going not gonna to name any names because, you know, I think people, some of them just came to it in good faith. And, you know, uh, how much do you mask work? I tell you, I don't know. We'll find out in a few years, probably. That's when they'll actually do the real studies to see. And that's when you'll be able to look at uh, do a, an honest compilation of the data. And maybe it's maybe it's more effective than I think it is. But we know it's not really effective. That's 100 percent. That's absolutely certain. Okay, it's not. It definitely isn't like I'm wearing a mask. I don't have to worry. In fact, most of the people getting infected think they're wearing a mask almost all the time they're supposed to. So what does that tell you? Um, But I, I, I will say this. I understand the Biden 100 day order. There's a little bit of of a deviousness to this from a political standpoint. Just think about it. Before I tell you, think, why would Biden have this renewed call for a thing we are already doing, but setting the, setting the parameters at 100 days? Well, how long is it going to take to distribute the vaccine? It will be the middle of December when they say the first doses will come out. And if they do this the right way and they get it to senior citizens, they get it to the vulnerable population, uh, then you're going to see within 30 days the death numbers start to go down. And then as they get it out to millions more people, when and I've actually asked doctors this and people that work in the hospital system, I've said, you know, when do you think based on the logistics distribution and, and everything else about this vaccine, when will we really see the numbers? You know, the, when will this get under control? January. February, March, everyone knows that within about 90 days of the vaccines distribution. The caseload, because, see, I do believe in science. I think the vaccine is going to work. I believe the data behind the vaccine. If you don't want to take it because you think it's got terrible side effects and everything else, that's another discussion. But I'm telling you this, if if they've put this out and they say it's 95 out of 100, you're not going to get covid. I think it's 95 out of 100. You're not going to get covid. So I do believe in the science when it actually is rooted in data, but I also understand politics. So what happens here, because we know the vaccine is going to be the, 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 the masking is not the effective tool. Vaccines will be, but they want to create in the public mind a perception of masking that coincides with the curve, if you will, of the vaccine so that all these people, they're desperate to think they believe the science and they've been doing the right thing. I guarantee you, and and Mark, we should mark down this show because I'm going to have to replay this in March. This one part that I'm telling you, we need to mark this down. I guarantee you what you'll see is that as the numbers come down of infections and hospitalizations and deaths, going you know, it'll start in January and then go and then get better in March, I mean, get better in February. And then in March, it'll be clear. We've basically got this thing under control. As that happens, they will say that masking was a critical part of it and that they were proven it's because we listened to Biden for the hundred days. They will conflate these two things together because that's necessary for their narrative. They'll act like yeah, the, vax, the vaccine helped, but, you know, we didn't get it to that many people. It's really the masking, the hundred days of masking that did it. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Because so much of it is really people who just, they want to think they're smart. I, I can't tell you how many people I come across who I, I know in the media, blue checks or libs. And I know they're not very bright. I know they've managed to maneuver themselves into different jobs and positions in the media because of, their background or because, you know, they know the right person or they've leveraged identity politics. Well, you know, there are are plenty of people in the media that are just straight up dumbasses, including on the right, but many more on the left per capita. And I, I can just tell you this right now. They want to believe they're smart so badly and they want to believe that they've been right all along on this one. And and all all you have to do to understand why that's unlikely, why that's unlikely to be the case is that the, the Fauci esque call for masking is that it's obvious and the science proves it. But he's never addressed how it could be obvious and the science proved it now. But it wasn't at the beginning when we thought this was a much more fatal disease than it actually turned out to be. People forget that now the initial uh IFR was individual fatality rate was uh, estimated at three to five percent, which is very close to the Spanish influenza. Yeah. Much worse than what we actually have, which is more like a point. They say, I think, point three, I think it's probably more like point zero three or point zero zero three. If you looked at all the cases, cases that we miss. But nonetheless. What what dramatically changed? How could something go from being? obviously untrue to obviously true based on science in a period of a few months. They don't have an answer for that, do they? People don't like to think that they've been fooled, that they're not as smart as they think they are, that all of their smugness is embarrassing. So notice this. I'm telling you my prediction on this will come true. You will see it. It'll be very apparent. The vaccine will bring this to a close. And if Biden is the president, it will be it was our vaccines and our unity around masking that got us through this. Even though, as I sit here talking to you, we look at the cases, we look at the fatalities. Masking hasn't done as a policy a damn thing to stop this virus. You know it. I know it. Look at what's happening around you today.
0: You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast
2: you attribute any of this surge that we're seeing in the last couple of days directly to Thanksgiving and the travel and the get togethers that did happen?
0: Maybe a little bit of a blip, Savannah, but we don't expect to see the full brunt of it between two and three weeks following the Thanksgiving. So I think we have not yet seen the post Thanksgiving peak. That's the concerning thing, because the numbers in and of themselves are alarming. And then you realize that it is likely we'll see more of a surge as we get two to three weeks past the Thanksgiving holiday. And the thing that concerns me is that abuts right on the Christmas holiday as people start to travel and shop and congregate. So that's the reason why we plead with them to please as best as you can. Uniform wearing of masks, keep distances as to the best possible way you can. Avoid crowds in congregate settings, particularly indoors. And if you are indoors in that circumstance, always wear your mask.
4: Wear
1: your mask. That's all this guy's got for you. Stay away from human beings. Wear your mask. You think you're going to be able to do that? Stay away from human beings. Are you going to do that? I'm not. I'm not worried about it. I'm in New York City. I go into an office every day. I'm traveling. I'm getting into strange strangers vehicles here to go to where I have to go. I'm going into crowded stores. I'm doing all these things. I'm not worried. I'm not crazy. If I'm sick, I'm staying home. If I if I thought I had COVID, I would quarantine myself two weeks. No question. Wouldn't go anywhere. Right. But. There are only so many precautions you can take before you're just living a life of fear. And that's what they want you to do. And understand that there will be in 2021, regardless of who the president is, there's going to be a a, 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 a renaissance in this country. There's going to be a sense of relief and release that will be like the end of a war that had like a draft and a lot of us going to fight. But I'm not saying it's as it's the same as that. But I'm saying it's going to be there's going to be people dancing in the streets at some point, man. There's going to be it'll be almost it'll be almost as exciting as the Biden victory for the libs in New York. Right. There will come a day when we realize this thing is behind us. And there are going to be tremendous fights over who should get credit for it. You'll notice not a lot of talk about. How it was the Trump administration that got a vaccine done in less than a year helped bring a vaccine to market in less than a year when usually it's four to five years, four to five years. Could you imagine? I mean, if we had to do four years of this, I'm already thinking that I might just have to I might have to go full civil disobedience and get arrested for mask refusal. I, I, I'm I'm considering it. Um, I, but see, the thing is, I don't want to make anyone else. Yeah, I'm polite. I don't want anyone else to worry around. me. It's not about that. It's about the state mandate. It's not, I have no problem with anyone wearing a mask. I have no I don't see someone wearing a mask and think less of them or maybe they're right. Maybe it's good for them. Maybe, you know, we should. My problem is the state arresting people for it. My problem is the state determining who can and can't uh, go about their lives, open their businesses. That's my issue. But civil disobedience, I've never really I've never really thought I had to be in a place to even consider it before. But I'm considering civil disobedience on this myself.
0: Thanks for listening to the Bus and Show podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple podcast, the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: So how has this whole fight against COVID-19 gone so far? What have we learned and what should we do going forward? Critical. Uh, absolutely essential. This and the election outcome, the two biggest, most important stories at this juncture in America. No question about it. We got somebody with a particular and worthy point of view on this one. He's writing a book about just what I what I mentioned. David Marcus, who is the New York uh, correspondent for The Federalist, he writes the Federalist.com. He's got a book coming out on this called Charade. I can only assume that means he's actually been paying attention to all the B.S. we've been subjected to. <laughs> David, good to see you.
5: Great to see you, Bud.
1: So, let's let's start with this. Uh, we got Biden telling us today a hundred days of masking. We got Fauci saying the same stuff that he's been saying for nine months now, basically eight months now. Uh, wh- where's your head on all of this? And and you're a fellow New Yorker, so I mean, we've been through the worst of this of any place in the country. And and I'm I'm actually considering. I was just saying this before. I'm actually considering civil disobedience for the first time in my life. Like, I, I think I actually need to get arrested over the covid lockdowns. That's where I'm at.
5: Uh, yeah, look, it, it's pretty close to that. Uh, and, you know, we saw that happen this weekend on Staten Island. Um, as far as the, the, the 100 day mask mandate, I mean, according to polling, somewhere in, in the neighborhood of 85 or 90 percent of Americans are wearing masks. Um, you walk around New York City, they're fairly ubiquitous even beyond um, what the CDC uh, has called for. Uh, you know, we also look back to that New, New England Journal of Medicine article from the spring that really clearly made the point that in most quick interactions, uh, the mask doesn't do any good, that, that you know, that, that sort of meaningless because you need to, to be having a long, like, four-minute interaction to, to catch it. And that got clarified by the by the authors, but it never got corrected. They never said, oh, no, 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 that's not true. They said, no, you should you should go wear your mask. So, yeah, I I mean, this is literally the least that Joe Biden can do.
1: It's amazing that so many people think this is almost a a revolutionary call from the would be next president, Joe Biden. It's it's almost like he's taking a page from the Fauci book, which is just keep keep saying the same thing. And then there's no way to, to gauge it one way or the other. And when it doesn't work out, then just say, well, people didn't do it well enough. Because, David, I- I'm looking at this now day to day. The data we set an, we set a new, you know, it's terrible. We set a new record, unfortunately, of deaths from covid in 24 hours in the United States. Cases over 200,000 a day confirmed this week. And I-, I look around and I say, OK, in what world does this look like we had figured out how to stop the spread? By doing all these things we've been doing, I just don't understand how anyone can come away with that conclusion.
5: No, I, I don't. I don't think you can. I mean, look. The, the fact is that this is an extraordinarily um, contagious virus. When I interviewed uh, Dr. Slowey from my book, who's the head of Operation Warp Speed, he explained to me that if you had a disease that was as infectious or contagious as COVID and as deadly as Ebola, he he described that as something that would be in an, an extinction level. Uh, situation. I felt a little chill go up my spine, right? So I mean, th- this is a very contagious disease. And you're absolutely right. I, our, our efforts to mitigate it um, really haven't seemed to make a whole lot of, of difference. And every time the government sticks its, its finger in, in a hole in the dam, the virus starts coming through something else. So it's restaurants, or it's Thanksgiving dinner, or it's the schools. Or it's, and, and yeah, it's, it's been hapless at best.
1: So in your research for Charade, you just mentioned you, uh, you interviewed Dr. Salawi. What, what part of this has been, let's just start with your title, what part of this do you feel has been a charade?
5: Well, there, there's a lot. Uh, a lot of it has. The book is basically broken down into chapters where I, ex- I explore um, one myth um, in each of the chapters. So I, I think maybe the biggest lie uh, or myth of, of the lockdown period was we're all in it together. Right. This, this sort of became the advertising slogan. This sort of became the way that politicians made us feel that, that you know, we, we couldn't disobey them or we were somehow you know, harming the collective and we were all, all going through it. And obviously we weren't. I mean, I was very aware of the privileged position that I was in being a journalist who had all re- basically already worked from home. Uh, that I, I kept my income, right? I, I, I even got the stimulus money. And meanwhile, I'd walk to the grocery store and see food lines. Um, we were never in this together. Uh, another is, you know, follow the science. And as we just talked about with the mess, well, I mean, the science changes. Um, uh, Jay Batyara, who's a, a Stanford uh, 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 professor of medicine at Stanford, he made the point recently that science can't operate if you have what I like to refer to as pandemic correctness. Science can only operate if if everybody's ideas are able to be explored, and that clearly didn't happen. We saw that with that New, New England Journal of Medicine article where they were scolded, uh, and 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 then they were cowed.
1: Yeah, I got throttled on social media for sharing the Danish mask study because you're only allowed to share it. And remember, now they actually will shut you down for things because they claim it lacks context, which is just a fancy way of saying. We don't like your editorial bent on this. Even if it's accurate, we don't like your conclusions. So we're going to say that it's not fair enough for something like this to the data, even though it's sharing actual data. So I've had to go through that, which has been quite a, a truly Orwellian experience. People overuse that term, but it actually does does apply here. And, and I just think that in New York City in particular and some of these large urban areas across the country, David, there's been a an unwillingness to question any of this, because I do believe it, it just got wrapped up in anti-Trumpism. And now I know there's still this election recount lawsuits and all this going on. But every Democrat I know thinks and I know a whole bunch of them thinks that Joe Biden is the president. And this is all a, a, a joke. And I, and they kind of look at me like, OK, so now you're going to stop pointing out the hypocrisy with the lockdowns when people who are, as you mentioned, the, the elites aren't affected by this. We're not in this together. They are literally sending stay at home. Don't see anybody orders from from their vacation spots in Mexico, as the mayor of Austin did. Right. Like, don't go anywhere. I'm flying private to Mexico. I point this out still. And and some of them are looking at me like, well, no, but this isn't about Trump anymore. And I'm looking at them and saying, exactly. It was never actually about Trump. You lunatics. Although I usually leave the lunatics part out.
5: No, you're absolutely right. We'd be very lucky if this was about Trump. Um, My fear is that this is less about Trump and more about people like uh, Emperor Cuomo getting a taste of absolute power and deciding, hey, this, this tastes pretty good. And I still have an excuse to tell people that, you know, now for 10 months, I have to operate under the emergency powers that were given to me by the state legislature. That's happening all over the country. By the way, that's happening by the same people who accuse Trump of being a authoritarian. I mean, what's going on?
1: Yeah, it can't it can't be all these things. We're speaking to David Marcus, who is the New York correspondent for The Federalist. He writes at Federalist.com. So, David, uh, what do you think is coming? I mean, I, I made a prediction. I've been making a prediction that you're going to see if the Biden mask mandate, which I mean, it, you can't fly right now without a mask. They will actually not fly, and they, they will boot you off the airline permanently. <laughs> That's what they threaten to do to people. And they've actually done it, I think, a few times now, if you don't mask up. So it's just adding to this. But my belief is that they're going to have, that they're going to try to have this renewed sense of lockdown. And I mean that with the stay-at-home orders and the masking alongside vaccine distribution. And then, as if we're all a bunch of idiots, they're going to turn around and say, in right right around March, when the cases, God willing, I think they will, are cratering and everything's working, they'll say, see, yeah, the vaccine was kind of helpful, but it was really all those Fauci-esque orders that got it done. I think that's what's going to happen.
5: It, it, it may well. And look, part of the reason that I wanted to to write the book is because the history is already so skewed and, and, and so wrong about what, what's happened. that I believe you're right that that'll continue to be the case. The, the very first chapter uh, the, the very first myth that I, that I bust in this book is this idea that January and February were wasted months by the Trump administration, that they just weren't doing anything. And then all of a sudden in March, and it, it's, it's an absolute fabrication. As Alex Azar um, pointed out just the other day, it was January 9th when the NIH started working with Moderna on a vaccine. To put that in perspective, that's before China admitted that there had been a single death. That's before the World Health Organization said that there was human-to-human contact. And that is why we have that particular vaccine today. So, uh, you know, and that was the story, right? How often did you hear that? Oh, well, Trump didn't do anything in January and February. The media just repeated it, and it's a blatant lie.
1: I was on a Bill Maher show in February, as, as this audience knows. And was laughed at and sneered at by that audience, which happens if you're a conservative, doesn't matter who you are, what you do. That's what then, unfortunately, that's the deal. But you got to go into the lion's den sometimes. And and it was because they they had already decided that Trump had failed. And this was before a single American had died from COVID. He was already a catastrophic failure on COVID. So it was, it was all baked in before anything even happened. It didn't matter. And I think, that you know, tragically, unfortunately, from a political perspective, I think it was largely effective. I mean, this should not have even been a close election if it weren't for COVID. And here we are still counting ballots.
5: Well, look, I think the news that, that just broke about uh, Nancy Pelosi is, is just about the most horrible thing I can imagine a, a politician doing. I mean, she just announced this morning that now because Biden is going to be president, she'll accept a smaller uh, stimulus package. I mean, millions of people have been suffering who need that money, millions of businesses who you know who need that support. Uh, and, and the fact that she's just blatantly admitting that the only reason that she wouldn't do it was because she wanted Joe Biden to be president. I mean, lie to me? right? Tell me it's because cases are spiking. Say anything else. Don't blatantly tell me that you plunge people into misery. For the sake of winning an election, it's 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 a shocking admission.
1: Do you think New York has had is, is it fair or what would be your your calculation about whether we could say New York specifically has had the the worst leadership? We've certainly had the worst outcomes, but is it fair to say we've had the worst leadership during the covid outbreak?
5: I don't know, Matt. I was in Chicago last week, um, and my understanding is that they those kids haven't been back in school at all. Um, and and that it's basically like all remote, at least for the public schools, their restaurants are closed. And man, no, November in Chicago, trying to eat a steak outside under a heat lamp. Uh, that's just about over. Uh, you know, I was able to manage it, but it, that's just about done. Right. Um, so that's been pretty bad. As you met me, Garcetti has been bad. Uh, Newsom hasn't. Look, it's a competitive category, but I, I'm like, you know, I'm like you. I always want to give New York number one so we can give a number yeah. one with an ass. To I, but I, I
1: agree with you. Garcetti, I, I love that uh, with Garcetti, he says he has said the quote is cancel everything. But podcasting, which is near and dear to my heart, podcasting is an essential activity. So if you have to leave your home or take some risks for that one, OK, Good to know. Cause he's got buddies, you know, he's got celebrity friends that want to keep doing their their podcasts and going to their studios. David Marcus, uh, he's got a book. It's not when's it coming out, David?
5: It comes out in March, but it's available for uh pre order at all the you know Amazons and Barnes and Noble, you know, all the all the companies that are taking over the world and stomping their foot on small business. So, you know, I, I wouldn't blame anyone for waiting to try to buy it at a bookstore, but uh there but we it'll go. be out in March.
1: David Marcus of the Federalist, everyone. David, thanks so much, man. Have a good one.
5: Thanks for
0: having me. You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast.
1: Joe Biden now every couple of days says something where the only reasonable reaction is to go, huh? What? What?" Or maybe to go womp womp. You're, what was that that Joe Biden just said? Does Somebody want to try to ex- explain it or make sense of it? Uh, he was asked in this in this uh, complete puff piece interview with fake fake Jake Tapper. And and uh, I don't know if he was the only one doing the interview. Who cares? But he was asked with this because, you know, CNN now. Oh, they're they are state TV for the Democrats. That's the way this is going to work. Here's Biden asking, uh, talking about his disagreements in the past. Rather, he's being asked about this His disagreements with, with Kamala Harris. And I want you to listen very closely to what he says. Play two.
4: It's a a matter of the thing. We are simpatico on our philosophy of government and simpatico on how we want to attach, approach these issues that we're facing. And so I don't have. And when we disagree, it'll be just like it's so far. It's been just like Barack and I did. It's in private. She'll say, I think we should do A, B, C or D. And I'll say, I don't I like A, don't like B and C. Mm -hmm. And let's go. Okay, but. And I, like I told Barack, if 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 I reach something where there's a, a fundamental disagreement we have based on a moral principle, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll 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 develop some disease and say I have to resign. Um, we, we don't have that. I'm a, we haven't. And we discussed at length our views on foreign policy on domestic policy on intelligence and the great thing is she has a background in the senate on intelligence the intelligence committee she has a background in the senate on a whole range of things that are going to be pertinent to what we have to do but it's going to be i think so much is going to be incoming jake yeah. it's a matter about who who, who who takes what when i i don't know i
1: know it was in the middle there so i, I just want to reiterate it you hear him I'll develop some disease and resign. That's what that's what Joe Biden just said. I will develop some disease and resign. You, you heard the audio yourself. What the heck is that? If I have a disagreement with Kamala on a core principle, uh, you know, I'll, I'll develop a disease and resign. Uh, now, I understand that, that people are going to say, oh, he was just Biden being Biden, all this. I said it from the beginning. This guy is not going to finish his four years in office. He will step down. Another prediction, we'll be able to check on this in time. And I know it's not over yet with the election, but they're moving forward, acting like it is. So we can at least have a conversation about this. They are going to uh, they're going to tell you that this is crazy. Meanwhile, Joe Biden's actually saying out loud stuff like I'm going to develop a health issue and resign. In an interview on TV, it wasn't like he said it in a you know a open mic moment somewhere. People would say hot mic. I think that's not producer Mark. Isn't a hot mic but it makes the weird sound? you know what I mean?
6: No, a mic is hot when it's on. Is that really true? Yes, that's a technical behind inside baseball type of term.
1: No, but I thought hot mic meant that like it's like you know makes the it makes the noise and stuff. That no, you know, that's hot. That's called feedback. Ah, well, this is why producer Mark runs that stuff. So okay, fair enough. Well, I guess I'm on a hot mic. Uh, So, yeah. Anyway, uh, the point is, Joe Biden's saying this now. He's saying, I'm going to develop something and I'm going to step down. Of course, he would want to do that. He gets to be if you look at Joe Biden's career, and I hate having to say this. This guy is a deeply unimpressive mediocrity at best. And he has the opportunity to be the vice president to the first black president and the president who then brought in and and prepared and handed the torch over to the first black female president, you know, of the you know, and and both Democrats, of course, Barack and and Kamala. And what could be a better legacy for Joe Biden? The Biden name will will be better than the Kennedy name. I'm telling you, this is the play. You don't want Joe Biden. If, If we have to go to war with China or something, Joe Biden doesn't want to be in charge. He'd be like, China. No joke, man. Big big country. Lots of people. I'm uh, I'm gonna develop something and step down, right? That, that's what we're that's what we're signing up for here, America. Get ready for it. Thanks
0: for listening to the Bus Sex and Show podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcast, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: So we got this battle over the election still playing out, and we also have the fight against covid happening the two biggest stories in the country right now and who better to talk to about both of those things at this point in time than my friend john cardillo formerly of the nypd is a conservative commentator tv and radio host john how you doing down there in florida
2: doing pretty well you know we're in a red state here we we did pretty well uh in november despite the insanity and uh things are Things are relatively open, you know, down here in South Florida, the Bluer counties, Miami-Dade, Broward, Palm Beach, still some restrictions. But by and large, we're, we're back to business as usual.
1: It's amazing, isn't it? Because up in New York, we're just getting it's like the boa constrictor of the state is just squeezing and squeezing more every day. But the yeah. cases keep going up and I keep pointing down to what's happening in Florida and saying to everybody, well, why is it that New York is worse off than Florida? They have more seniors Overall, in Florida, they do in New York where the greatest at risk population, particularly over 70. And yet we're told, oh, we have to just do more. I mean, you're 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 in a situation, John, down there where Governor DeSantis seems to be actually putting on a clinic for other governors of how to handle this. It's not perfect, but it's sane. Yeah, look, he's given you know,
2: he's, he's basically handed down a mandate that says these local petty tyrants, they can enact their own local rules uh, you know, in line with, with historically and legally sound, but they can't engage in these draconian uh, findings of businesses or send the police in and shut them down. So DeSantis is essentially you know, neutered them, for lack of a better choice of words, the, these local officials who just, you know what it is, Buck, you know this, you and I have spoken about it online, on social media, uh, and, and offline, right? It's It's local officials who just want to, exercise that little bit of power they have. And if they can crush a business or ruin a kid's experience at school or tell you you can't have 10 people in your house, that's where DeSantis stepped in. He said, enough of this nonsense. We're not gonna put up with this in Florida. So he's really taken the teeth away from them. So for example, down here, they can no longer find a business. If, If a business allows me to walk in without a mask on, sure, it's still against these arbitrary and capricious rules, but they can't find me The business can't be fined. They can't come in and shut the business down. Now, the problem is that's as it pertains to COVID and these mask rules. So what the little petty tyrants on the local level are doing is they're saying to the business owner, well, maybe we can't find you or shut you down. But, hey, the governor's order doesn't prevent us from sending in the health department and the fire department and the code inspectors. So they're still harassing these businesses that are operating legally legally. No one is dropping dead in the streets. It is sickening. It is sickening. Wow. There's
1: local level bureaucratic harassment. I I should have expected that. And, you know, John, we had
2: never heard of it. Right.
1: Yeah. We had uh, here in in Staten Island up up in NYC, we had, you know, Max Max bar and restaurant uh, that that was the site of this this protest. And you got the owners and uh, I've spoken to the lawyers representing them. I thought it was so interesting. And the lawyer, particularly when I talked to him for the for the the owners of the restaurant. uh, So interesting that Max Public House, these guys that are sent in are sheriffs, not NYPD. Classic.
2: Yeah, man. let, Let me tell you something. Out of all the time I spent with NYPD, I think I saw two New York City sheriff vehicles. I don't think I ever once interacted with a New York City sheriff. They were around. They had these red and white cars at the time. But I never interacted with them. We would interact with New York City marshals, those guys who are appointed by the mayor, and they do repossessions of vehicles and affictions. You'd see them out there. We'd get called to back them up sometime. But I, I don't remember once. That was in a high primary of the Bronx, ever coming across the New York City sheriff's office. I don't think, I think I've ever – I mean, sudden, I worked for the NYPD, as you know, John,
1: for a little while, not as long as you right. did. And yeah. I've lived in New York for over over 30 years. I don't think I've ever seen a sheriff before. So
4: thank you. Exactly. Yeah,
1: that's it's amazing. But of course, if you're going to bring somebody in to do something like that, you know, I, I almost I almost understand that at some level, it's like, don't stain the NYPD, which you're really going to need by sending them in. They told me they sent in 20 guys, John, 20 guys to one bar for the crime of serving burgers and beer. When two blocks away, there were other restaurants that could serve burgers and beer, but they were in the wrong zone.
2: Yeah, like the orange zone or the autonomous. First of all, this is all dystopian craziness that we now have zones where you, we have no go zones in American cities. And, and, you know, look, you talked earlier when you opened the show about cases. I want to see a lot of cases. We see a lot of cases of the common cold. We saw a lot of cases of the flu before it got COVID and died. There's no flu anymore, apparently. What is wrong with seeing cases where the mortality rate goes into these fractions of, of this million percentages? Everyone should want that. But the left is now using that as a way to grab more power and to say, we've got to shut you down. And look, I believe, and, and I'm not a conspiratorial guy, but— this is achieving an objective they've always wanted, which is crushing the private sector and making people dependent upon government. And, you know, if you're a person that that distrusts government, you might think, hmm, they're hyping this up a little bit to bring more power to themselves.
1: And you, you see this also, John, where the, the small businesses, I was actually stunned. I did a deep dive into it on my own earlier this week because the media, they have access to this data. The numbers are out there. When you see businesses, not that temporarily closed, but that are believed to have shut down permanently in major cities. Talking about small businesses, so not, you know, national chains and not, you know, not not the big box stores, individually owned businesses. The numbers are already, and we're about to go into this winter of, you know, a hundred days of masking that Biden's saying and everything else. 30%, John, 40%. In some places, New Orleans looks like it's getting closer to 50%. This is I I can't even I can't even estimate Off the top of my head, how many thousands, tens of thousands of people whose life's work? I mean, you know, if you're if you're a sole proprietor, if you're a guy owns a small business or a gal owns a small business and it goes away, you've built that brand, you've built that neighborhood community tie. It's just gone now because people like de Blasio and Garcetti and Lightfoot and you name it feel like it's too dangerous
2: and they all get guaranteed paychecks on your dime. So you're paying for them. To put you out of business, to take your family's livelihood, to take everything you've ever worked for, your paychecks, you've come in right, and you know, go back to Florida now. One of the one of the very fortunate byproducts of, of Ron is being conservative and proactive on this is that where I live in Fort Lauderdale, there's Las Olas Boulevard, the main drag with bars and restaurants. Only one well-known place went out of business permanently because of COVID. One. On that strip and it was one of the uh, those that was about a seven or eight chain place in florida and there they were starting to fall off anyway as new places opened but fortunately the governor here ron DeSantis, stepped in quickly enough to save a lot of these mom and pops and we're noticing it my neighborhood's coming back very strong now these guys only have buck you know this they only have maybe 30 60 tops 90 days of operating cash reserve. They can't afford to do this. Their employees are going broke. The the, the owners are going broke. The landlords that rely on those rents to sustain the properties and pay the property taxes. I mean, the effect of this is devastating. So thankfully, there are some governors that get it.
1: And I know we're in an emergency, but people don't want to even have to think about this right now. But with with economics, with monetary policy, there's always cause and effect. Trillions of dollars, John, we're spending this year. We're going to spend... Trillions more next year to try to undo the damage that the trillions we spent this year was unable to do. So that's something I'm very worried about. We're speaking to John Cardillo, uh, XMYPD, and uh, now conservative commentator. He's down in Florida. Luckily for him, he's not here in the uh, dystopia of the five boroughs under De Blasio. But let's switch gears for a second, John, to what we saw in Georgia. I mean, we could focus in on that. Right? There's a lot of stuff we could talk about. you You and I have both seen everything the president said on the election fraud, we're seeing all the tweets, we're seeing the legal team, I know you're in contact with them, I'm in contact with them. I mean, Georgia to me, it's like, well, they got people on video with briefcases or suitcases full of ballots that after hours, at a minimum, I mean, if, if you were doing an investigation back back in the day for the PD, wouldn't, wouldn't this be like justification for a warrant? Wouldn't this be
2: something you'd say, oh, I think we got something? Yeah, you know, it's funny, uh, I, so literally 30 seconds before uh, you and I I started this interview, I was chatting, I was texting with a couple of mutual friends of ours, guys like Ned Ryan and Kurt Schlichter and Jim Hansen. And I said exactly that to them. I said, hey, you know, we've all been doing a real good job, you included, of debunking a lot of these crazy conspiracy theories around voter fraud, these CIA and Delta shootouts in Germany. I mean, this stuff is crazy, right? But I said, hey, it's former law enforcement. What we're now seeing in Georgia, that to me anyway is probable cause. I would have no problem as an investigator now going to Uh, an assistant district attorney or or a state attorney general and uh, assistant attorney general and saying, hey, look, we've got something here. Give us the subpoenas we need. Give us the warrants we need. Let's go take a look. Let's get some people in the interview room. Let's start talking to people because this sure looks bad. I I personally think I'm not familiar with Georgia law, but the probable cause standard is pretty uniform across the country that now Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia, should immediately should have done it last night. Order the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, their state investigators, one of t- a top notch agency, very talented investigators, order them to make this their priority and find out what in the world happened. I'm with you. I think we've got enough evidence now to launch a full blown criminal investigation.
1: And there's there should be no problem here. I mean, if you were a person inv- like if you're one of the people right. captured on this video, w- wouldn't you want to just say, well, no, I mean, well, here's what we did. Right. This it's very uh, either there's something shady going on or yeah. there's not. And they should want to be able to to clear themselves right away. But I also think it's fun. I know, bring up the media, John. You know, it's the media we've got. Right. I mean, you know, you you live in America with the media we have. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I wish we could change it. We can't. But it doesn't mean I'm going to let them get away with stuff like this. Could you imagine if there if there was a video of what were believed to be, you know, Republicans, perhaps pro-Trump people after hours oh. doing this, every single person in that video would already be named? They would have news crews out, right. out in front of their homes. They'd be saying, what did you do? What's going yeah. on? They'd create this frenzy. And instead, we just have these grainy videos. And it's like, oh, those are just poll workers doing what they do. No big deal. The media has no interest.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, we had 15 FBI agents show up in a NASCAR garage because of a rope to pull down the garage door. They've got video evidence of voter fraud. And and this is just now, well, okay, let's say video evidence of a ledge or perceives to be voter fraud or election fraud or even theft of data for whatever reason, but like you say, get these people in an interview room and find out whether it was something they were supposed to do. Maybe the protocol was for these workers to take the disks and the hard drives and, and and this paper and and store it this way and transport it this way. And if that's the case, there'll be a paper trail of that. But if it's not, then it's gonna beg more investigation. And the last point, you know, like every investigation, you know this from any time of PD, is about a timeline. We need to be investigating what happened on election night. Criminally, those timelines, investigations with teeth, with warrant power, with subpoena power, as to why when doors were supposed to be closed and lights turned out, things were still going on, and that's when those votes for Biden were miraculously showing up. Now, it couldn't be legitimate. I don't think it is. But let's break down the timeline and account for every second, what happened in every second. This is the presidential election. This is the heart and soul of this republic. We need to account for every one of those seconds.
1: You're still in this fight till the end, John.
2: I am. I am. Look, I'm. I'm a pragmatist. I know this is tough. We've got to. We've got to hit 15 shots from the outside. We've got to hit 15 three pointers and hit everyone perfectly without hitting the rim. And and that's a tough. That's a tough hill to climb. But I think we need to. We need to do it. We need to run, let it run its course. But at the same time, Buck, we need to also expose fraud if there was. I believe there was. Simultaneous to electing the Republicans in Georgia, I, I don't care what you think about Purdue and Loeffler. We cannot afford to lose the Senate. If you live in Georgia, get out there, vote. Do not let America wake up to a majority leader Chuck Schumer.
1: Absolutely, and I want everyone to have the same mindset here about Georgia. And if we find fraud, even if it's in, if we find that there were a yeah. thousand votes changed somewhere, we should know what happened and how it happened because these margins right. in the Georgia Senate election could be very, very narrow, and we don't want to go through that. We don't want to have this nonsense uh, where the media pretends that there's no reason to ask these questions. John Cardillo, everybody. John, stay uh, tanned, ready, and rested down there in Florida, my friend. Good of you to join us. We appreciate it.
2: Yeah, I can't wait to uh, see you down here and grab dinner,
1: Buck.
0: You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast.
1: You better get ready for... A mainstream media that is going to just embarrass itself every day with the virtual back rub they will be giving Joe Biden, the Joe Biden administration. Uh, it'll be a shiatsu, a Swedish style, hot stone, wh- whatever they want. That's what's going to end up happening every day. And who better to kick off that tradition than fake Jake Tapper, who's like, Joe Biden just how is it feeling right now? This this is where they're really speaking truth to power, folks. Play eight.
3: You've been in public life for more than half a century. This was, was your, a third, kid. Yeah. Your, your third run for president. Uh, and you made it. You made it. What does it feel like, especially at this moment when this nation is in any number of crises, including the covid crisis? What does it feel like? Are you are you? daunted are you worried are you fearful are you exhilarated what what's the emotion that that goes through you
4: i'm determined and i'm confident that what i've said from the outset i've never changed my view this whole campaign for over almost going on 600 days exactly what had to be done we have to restore the soul of this country meaning honor decency honesty basic basic fundamental decency the second thing we have to rebuild the backbone of this country the middle class that in this time bring everybody along, and thirdly, we have to unite the country. They're all going to be difficult to do, but I've never, I've never veered from those three principles.
1: Yeah, that's right. The Democrats, the party that spent three years lying about the president and his supporters, saying they were white nationalists and fascists and pawns of the Kremlin, and that were excusing this past summer mobs of maniacs throwing bottles of urine and rocks and shooting lasers into eyes of police officers. Now they're all about decency. Now they're all about honor. Sure they are. But fake Tapper knows this is great for him. Oh my gosh, all these Lib Journos. Now they get get back near the seat of power. They don't want to speak truth to power. They want to give a foot rub to power. They want to be close buddies with power. It advances their careers. It fattens their paychecks. It makes them feel more important. Makes their day-to-day work easier, right? They're just going to be... Scribes, propagandists. If in fact Joe Biden becomes the uh, president, so get get ready for it. I mean, it couldn't be any more obvious. We already see this happening in front of our very eyes. But doesn't mean doesn't mean we have to be okay with it. Uh, it's it's appalling. But journalism in this country is is it's not a real it's not a real thing anymore. It hasn't been a real thing for a long time. We have. Essentially, war, you know, information warfare machines taking different political positions. That's what journalism is. Thanks for listening to the Bus Sex, and
0: Show podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple podcast, the iHeartRadio app or
1: wherever you get your podcasts. Let's dive into some more genius Biden moments here uh, on on whether or not this was all from in this interview last night on whether or not he would give. Donald Trump, any credit, give the administration any credit for Operation Warp Speed, which is something pretty close to a miracle. Here is what Joe Biden said in response, because he's so gracious, he's so honorable, right? Play five.
3: Operation Warp Speed um, seems to have been a big success to get the vaccine going. I know there's a lot to criticize about how President Trump handled uh, the crisis of the pandemic. But do you give him credit for Operation Warp, Warp Speed?
4: Well, yeah, I look, the fact we got the vaccine is a good idea. But, the, I mean, it's important, critically important. But as you know, Jake, one of the vaccines requires two shots, one one shot. And the fact is that it's one thing to get the vaccine delivered in cases, some frozen, some not. And another thing to get the vaccine to move from the case to a vaccination in someone's arm. That's the really complicated piece. When I met with the Republican and Democratic governors and mayors, they said, we need help on how to do that. One was certain they were able to do it in their state. Just get me the vaccine. I can do it. But it's an incredibly expensive proposition.
1: First of all, he he just completely avoids the question. This is a classic Biden moment. Should Trump, you know, you think you've already beaten him. He's in Biden's mind. Trump is the former president or soon to be former president. So can you can you be gracious for a second and admit that the administration pulled off this tremendous miracle? I'm also going to tell you this. Imagine that I'm right and that mask wearing and it's going to take three or four years before we really have honest assessments of this, because right now it's too politicized. People, you can't you can't get any honest assessment from people, even people in the medical. I know doctors will say it's completely insufficient. It's not a panacea. You know, that mask wearing is effectively like the six foot distancing rule. Maybe it helps a little bit, but, you know, who knows how much it really helps. I've I've heard doctors say that I've, I've had doctors say that to me, but they won't say it publicly because they don't want all the other blue check Biden voter MDs to come out and be like, oh, my gosh, I don't understand. What you? So they just they're quiet about it. But let's assume that in three or four years it it comes out that I'm right and that it's effectively it was ineffective, right? That that it didn't really matter. Maybe it helps a little bit, but not enough as a public policy measure to justify all the harassment and the mandate and everything else. Keep in mind that really their entire criticism of Trump during this pandemic year has been around masking, actually. I mean, that's been the, the majority of it is, oh, my gosh, he's not like pro mask enough. That's it. Because everything else, getting the PPE, getting the ventilators, the Defense Production Act, the vaccine, Operation Warp Speed, Trump's been squared away. His team has been squared away. It was just masking. That was That's why they dug in so much on it. That's why there's so much propaganda around it. It was, oh, he wasn't good enough on masks. That, that's what it was. But, uh, you know, then when Biden talks about this, it's not just about getting the case. It's about getting the... You know, the needle from the thing into the thing and the, you know, it's expensive and it's. What is he saying? Is he saying that they, they don't? I mean, let's really get to this. You distribute the vaccine. It's a shot. You you jab somebody in the arm with it. We do this every day in in not even just medical centers, hospitals and doctor's offices. We do this in gross in, uh, grocery stores now where they have pharmacies. Attached to them, right? You do this in a CVS and a Dwayne Reed, in a Walmart. No, not Walmart. What's the uh, Walgreens, right? Isn't that the pharmacy producer, Mark?
6: Yes. CVS is is probably
1: the CVS is the biggest pharmacy, right?
6: Yes. CVS and Walgreens owns like Rite Aid and a couple others. So, okay. That's what I I was thinking. So those are the ones. So those big, they're, they're giving people,
1: you know, flu shots. And I had, I got a, a pertussis shot recently to protect my adorable little nephew, Ryan. He's so cute, by the way. He's so tiny, but he's a great I can tell he's a fighter. I think he's going to be right wing, too. I'm going to make sure Uncle Buck is going to make sure that he sees the light. But don't tell his mom that quite yet. So, yeah, I, I think I mean, what, what are we? We're so worried about getting the vaccine distributed. Um, we're going to have to have essentially, you know, when you're at the airline and they say, OK, like military first and then people with special needs and then people with, you know, they go through this whole litany of, of who gets aboard the plane first. It'll be kind of like that. There'll be public announcement from the state you're in, from the city you're in. All right. Everybody in the following categories, you know, you can go. And yeah, there's going to be lines. There's going to be weights. There's going to be problems. But we're going to start jabbing people in the arm of the vaccine. That's what's going to happen. I'm not saying it's not a huge or I'm not saying it's not a huge thing. But Joe Biden, what is he? even oh, shot in the arm and the thing. and the. What's he even telling you? There's no there's no plan for this. Uh, the plan is to distribute the vaccine to places that then give people the shot in the arm and then they're vaccinated. I mean, that that's the basics of the plan. But they've had to pretend that Trump and his team didn't set any of that up. It didn't. They're making it seem like they're remaking the wheel. There's a reason for all this. There's a reason why he doesn't tell you anything new here. It's because they've got to make it sound like, oh, like well, wait we, it's not that we were handed a vaccine and a playbook and we just did it. We had to start from... Almost from zero on this thing because we're so genius and we, you know, the whole, you you understand? It's politics. It's politics. And uh, then Biden also says stuff like this play
4: six we should be thinking about making it mandatory. How could you enforce that? Well, you couldn't. That's the problem. Just like you can't can't enforce measles. You You can't come to school unless you have a measles shot. You know, you can't. But you can't say everyone has to do this. But you would just like you can't mandate a mask. But you can say you can go to every governor and get them all in a room, all 50 of them as president, and say, ask people to wear the mask. Everybody knows. And if they don't, fine. And they don't. No, not fine. Then I go to every governor. I go to every mayor, I go to every councilman, I go to every local official, say mandate the mask Man, say this is what you have to do when you're out. He's like,
1: you can't make him, but you're going to make
4: them. You can't mandate
1: it, but you got to mandate it. This is the guy. This is who they have put forward. Democrats soundly, roundly rejected this guy. Two other times he ran for president, rejected him. Like, And not, it wasn't even close. He wasn't even a top tier contender. There was a reason for that, friends. There was a reason. But in this election year, the the nostalgia for Obama was so powerful, and they thought, well, we can just make Joe Biden the president. That's what the media thought. That's what the Democrats thought. And they might end up being right. Uh, But notice he, he wants the tyranny but doesn't want to take the heat for it. He wants you to have to do what he tells you to do, but he's not willing to say it's because you have to do this. Right? He th- I know that doesn't make any sense, but listen to what he says. You can't mandate a mask, but you got to make sure everyone does it. Well, that's also known as mandating it. When you're in the government and you can punish people for not doing what you say, that is a mandate. But what he won't say to George this here is, uh, excuse me, uh, what we're going to have to do is fine and arrest people who don't wear their masks. Otherwise, uh, what we're doing has no real meaning. He won't say that, but that's what he's going to get other people to do. He wants there to be other politicians who are uh, engaged in the assistance of the tyranny. You know, He wants them to be implicated in this as well, so he's just, you know, the America's old grandpa advising him, wear a mask. No joke. No joke. He's going to be that guy, and then anytime anyone says, well, hold on a second, you're arresting people for this, or you're shutting down businesses, you're fining people and say, oh, I'm not doing that. That's your state government. That's your local government. I'm just telling them. It's like, yeah, you're the president. You have the power of the federal purse. You're a Democrat. You're a statist. We all know all the ways um, all the ways to go and use exert coerce exert force and coerce people into doing this um you know the hypocrisy was so bad this week around these politicians who don't obey their own mandates the hypocrisy was so out of control that even joy reed over at msnbc was having a tough time with it play clip nine
2: It's frustrating because everybody is tired. Everybody's exhausted. People are sick of staying home. They're sick of of, of being locked down and not seeing their families and not seeing their friends. And we all get it, right? But when you have, you know, in your own state, the governor eating at a fancy restaurant, the mayor uh, of San Francisco the next night eating at a very, these are very expensive restaurant um, that they both went to at French Laundry. Um, When you have the Austin mayor, his name is Steve Adler, telling people to stay home, then it turns out the video was made in Cabo. We're even the even the good politicians are messing up and I don't know what to do at this point if even the good guys are are messing up.
1: Now, I I like that there is a there's a there's a a dissonance here. Joy Reid is realizing and she's kind of realizing in real time the good politicians She put that aside for a second that they're messing up. And there's a conclusion that she should come to. She, you know, the wheels in her brain should continue turning here. There's a conclusion that she should come to, but she has to play the part here of a Democrat, of a leftist, of, you know, anti-Trump and all that. So so it'll shut down that process of thinking this through, because if you think it through, what you realize is these politicians do not mean what they say and they do not plan on living by the mandates they're making the rest of us live by because they think they're too important and they don't think they're killing people by breathing air without a mask on or eating indoors or outdoors or whatever it may be. They don't actually believe that. They'll say that, but they don't believe it. Why don't they believe it with their actions? Maybe because it's not true. Maybe they don't believe that all these mandates and requirements are really necessary from a health standpoint, but they are politically necessary because the Democrats are entrenched in this. The more the government, the more the state does, the better off everyone will be mentality and the data be damned. Nothing else matters. That's if you were to really think through that is the thread, that is the direction you would go in. But Joy Reid stops at the yeah, what do you do? I'm really frustrated about these politicians who are not listening. Yeah, yeah, there's a reason for that. Listening to themselves, listening to their own mandates. It's just so classic, isn't it? Such, such a bunch of frauds. Now is where I tell you something that I think some of you uh, were, are going to disagree with, which is fine. I like a little, a little spice, a little disagreement here with the team sometimes. But I, I think Trump right now is being a little harsh, a little harsh on his attorney general. Um, Here's what he says about it. Play 10.
7: He hasn't done anything, so he hasn't looked. When he looks, he'll see the kind of evidence that right now you're seeing in the Georgia Senate. You know, they're going through hearings right now in Georgia, and they're finding tremendous volumes. So they haven't looked very hard, which is a disappointment, to be honest with you, because it's massive fraud. uh, Whether you go to Wisconsin, where we just filed a case, or Michigan— or if you look at what's happening in Georgia, as an example, of Pennsylvania, uh, if you look at uh, Nevada, which is moving along very rapidly, or Arizona, you saw those numbers come out yesterday, we found massive fraud and in other states also. This is a probably the most fraudulent election that anyone's ever seen.
1: Now, the president would not know about the existence of an individual investigation at this stage. That's supposed to be separate. The president's not supposed to involve himself. He would not know about an investigation at this stage. And all the attorney general, I understand, look, he's fighting a war here against this fraud in his mind. And and he's got to he's got to be out there throwing punches and he's got to be making the case. I understand all that. I'm just here to say, hold on a second. You know, Attorney General Barr, he appointed Durham to look into Russia collusion. I told you I didn't think anything was going to happen this year. And I was right. But Barr goes, okay. well, now there's a special counsel that gets to continue into the Biden administration. Pretty savvy move. Pretty savvy move. The guy, I give him credit for this, right? That was not anything that you had heard talked about. And it's uh, it's a strong, a strong maneuver. Would the president at this stage know about an early stage federal investigation of any of this fraud? It has only been a couple of weeks. I don't believe he would. And I don't think the attorney general could tell him, at least not ethically speaking, wouldn't be able to tell him about it. So, you know, we'll see. And even the president says, ask me again in a few weeks. I want to I want to point this one out. Play 11.
7: Do you still have confidence in Bill Barr? Ask me that in a number of weeks from now. Uh, They should be looking at all of this fraud. This is not civil. He thought it was civil. This is not civil. This is criminal stuff. This is very bad criminal stuff. So I just say this. Uh, We went through an election. At 10 o'clock, everybody said that was an easy victory for Trump. All of a sudden, the votes started disappearing, miraculously disappearing. We found much of it, but we found far more votes than we need in almost all of these states. And I think I can say in all of these states, far more votes than we need to win every one of them and i want to just thank my team because my team is doing an unbelievable job and more importantly i want to thank the 74 million plus people that voted which was the largest amount of people that a sitting president has ever had 74 million plus and because the level of of uh, loyalty I've never seen anything like it. All over the country, they know it was a fixed election. It was a rigged election. They know it, and I appreciate their support.
1: Well, the president even said, "We'll see where we are with AG Barr in a few weeks." I'm I'm not sure you won't see something here. If there if there is criminal fraud, and it and it has been brought to this attorney general's attention. They have called him every name in the book. They've attacked him. They have said he should be disbarred. They all this stuff. You think that he's going to get weak now on this stuff? He's not weak on this. I'm I'm I think that let's be fair to this AG. This guy is not Jeff Sessions. So the president said, let's see where we are in a few weeks. Or ask me in a few weeks. And I'm telling you, yeah. Let's take a beat here and see where we are in a few weeks with this Attorney General. <laughs>
0: You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast.
2: Does the intelligence show that the Chinese president made the call to minimize the threat of COVID-19?
3: The intelligence shows that the Chinese Communist Party's senior leaders, including President Xi, were aware and lied to the rest of the world about what they knew and when they knew it about COVID-19. They made the conscious decision to shut down their economy, to shut down their country, travel in and out of Wuhan, where this originated. But they allowed travel from Wuhan to the rest of the world. They knew that, and they've taken advantage of that.
2: What does the intelligence show about foreign efforts to steal COVID-19 vaccine
6: research?
3: Well, so that's, um, you know, adding insult to injury. It shows that uh, China is attempting to, has been attempting to um, access um, our research into COVID-19. So the pandemic that was created by China's actions, um, they've attempted to steal our research.
1: Hear all that about China? Who is going to do everything in their power to go back to the old days Where we would just suffer in silence while China The Chinese Communist Party gets away with all kinds of theft And provocations and aggression That's going to be the move the Biden administration pulls You know that If there's a Biden administration It's going to be one that China is all on board for They're going to think it's just fantastic Uh, Forget about the, the, the fight over trade Forget about trying to even that playing field Nope Whatever China wants, they're going to get from Joe Biden. Gee, it's not like all of us saw that one coming, including Hunter Biden. What a surprise. Thanks
0: for listening to the Buck Sex, and Show podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple podcast, the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Team Buck, it's time for roll call.
1: Facebook.com slash Buck Sexton. Team Buck at iHeartMedia.com. And we shall uh, get into all the latest. You know, Producer Mark, did you did you see that uh, one of, I think it was Warner Brothers Studios, is releasing movies like The Matrix 4, which hopefully will be better than Matrix. I love the first Matrix movie it is one of my top ten favorite action movies of all time. The first Matrix movie is amazing. The second one had a couple of good sequences, but was kind of eh. The third Matrix movie was pure trash. Pure trash. That's right. Send me, your ang- send me your angry messages where you tell me it's not trash. I don't care. I'll fight all of you. The fourth Matrix movie, I hope it's bad. I don't know. I'm, I'm worried it's going to be total garbage. But, Mark, you see they're releasing them uh, on, I think, HBO Max or direct streaming services now. Yeah. Not it, even They're not, not even really going for the theaters anymore because there's just so many theaters shut down.
6: I hate to just do an advertisement for HBO Max, basically. I hope they sponsor us one day. But, yeah, you can just get a subscription and you'll get all of these movies that you would normally have to pay for for free in your home.
1: So I pay cable and I get HBO but I don't get HBO Max That's an additional?
6: Oh no, you do. You can sign in with your cable subscription and you get HBO Max. Oh. Oh. app.
1: Okay. Alright. Well then I need, I need to do that then. I need to check this out. But I, I think that movie theaters you, you know how drive-in theaters became a thing you could find in parts of the country but they weren't that common it was it was like a novelty oh let's go you see honey you see that drive-in theater we you know let's go to the drive-in theater it exists but there's not a lot of them really i think that movie theaters are are heading in that direction too i I just wonder after the pandemic how many people when they get so used to streaming new movies at home and with their how mark how big is your tv
6: Uh, around 50 or so inches
1: yeah i mean i think mine's 55 Plenty big. When you have that thing all to yourself, it's, you know, and I was thinking about this yesterday, uh, how, about how you know, I, I had these experiences, especially with my parents. I mean, my mom and my dad took me to all these great movies growing up, and there was something really special about that. Well, if I asked you, what was your all-time best in-theater experience as a kid that you could remember? You know, like if the first time you saw E.T., you weren't even born yet, but you know what I mean? Something like that. What would it be?
6: Huh. I don't have many recollections because I saw so many movies. I used to go to the movies with my friends all the time, so I don't think there's one that stands out. But it was
1: like, a, it was, so then it was just a normal social thing for you to yes. do all the time. See, I used to go, I didn't really go with my friends that much because they would talk and I wanted to throw things at them. I hate people to talk during oh, movies. Oh yeah,
6: one of my best friends talks all the time and I want to kill him.
1: I want, I want to throw popcorn in his face. I don't even know him. I don't know what's wrong with people. You don't talk during a movie. Ah, it gets me very I offended.
6: once had a child. In, so it was a, one of the Avengers movies, one of the big ones. So I really was locked in. I wanted to see it. And there was a child a couple seats down from me that just wouldn't shut up. And he was on his father's lap. And at one point, I just snapped and I go, can you shut your kid up? I almost yeah. caused a fight in the middle of the theater. But still.
1: People have to be civilized. And not everyone in the theaters are civilized. That's the, that's the other big drawback. They've yeah. made the seats more comfortable. But it's also really expensive. Like, I, I've been to movies the last few years a couple of times. I, I, I'd say once a year before the pandemic, I went to the movies. And I
6: uh,
1: I mean, I think it costs like $20 or $25 a movie. I you
6: know, would actually go anymore. often. So I, they, AMC finally did this thing with subscription service. It was like $30 a month maybe, and you could see three movies a week. So I would actually go fairly often.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Maybe they'll come back. I just I feel like a lot of these theater chains, they're they're in they're in big trouble right now because you know, that's one thing. Like, I'll tell you this, I, I wouldn't you know with COVID right now. Look, I don't want to get COVID. I think COVID's bad news. I, it doesn't sound like uh, anything that even if you're at low risk, you want to mess with. I wouldn't go sit in a movie theater for two and a half, three hours right now. I wouldn't do that. You know, mask, no mask. Uh, no, nope, no, thank you. <laughs> no, no interest. I'd rather be totally safe at home with my. Gluten-free mac and cheese at hand, my uh, Susie's donuts, my, you know, whatever I need. I, I got them right there. So,
6: just Man. saying. And now you can watch uh, Wonder Woman from the comfort of your own home and all the other great movies.
1: I thought Wonder Woman was pretty good.
6: The, the new one, Wonder Woman 1984, I think it's a prequel, is out on HBO Max on Christmas Day. So that's what my wife and I normally have a tradition of going to the movies. So that's Jews actually do do that. Uh, do you, do, you eat, do you
1: eat Chinese food too? Yeah, we do. Just, we totally do, eat Chinese you, food. You also. do Chinese food at a movie?
6: Yeah. <laughs> All right, there yeah, you it's go. It's not just a stereotype. We totally do that.
1: Okay. Cool. Yeah. That's actually I mean, look Chinese food. If someone's if someone ever asked me what at a meal calorically I could probably put away the most, like do the most damage to my metabolism and and my uh, my ability to fit into my clothing. I think I could probably put away more calories of Chinese food than I think. Chinese, when you sit down and you really dig in to pork fried dumplings and General So's chicken and pork fried rice, and you notice I like the pork, uh, it'd be, it, I don't know, man. I can I, I could go wild. Chinese food is like my, uh, that, that's my, my food weakness. That and Pad Thai, Thai food. Whew. Unfortunately, not a health. Are you a, thai, a Pad Thai guy? No. Uh, I have eaten
6: Thai food, but it's not one of my top go-tos.
1: Yeah. I think I'm gonna have Mexican. See, this is what happens. You always start talking about food at the end of the show because I get hungry. I gotta get some Mexican food. That Mexican food is also nachos. I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know how many calories of nachos I could put away in one sitting. How do you eat nachos? What do you mean they're corn?
6: Oh, I didn't even think of
1: that. Yeah. Oh, Mex- do Mexican food for the gluten-free folks is like the best. The only thing you have to avoid is flour tortillas on a on a burrito and some. But I mean, everything is corn-based, which is gluten-free. So yeah. All right, let's get to the roll call here. Brad starts us off. Hey, Buck, I have listened to your show every single day since my friend passed the buck two years ago. Since November 3rd, I don't care about lockdowns and coronavirus. You're focused on what is safe, what we know is wrong. I know I know you only like to state solid facts and keep the speculation at that. But right now, our country is being stolen before our very eyes. The news media is hiding it. Good people on both sides are stepping forward and giving testimony to show mass fraud. 30% of Democrats believe the election, even 30% of them believe the election was stolen. We're down to the wire, and then when Trump most likely loses, there will be no space for this discussion. 90% of every conservative show needs to just feed us the testimonies the mainstream media are hiding and 10% about virus and lockdowns. I know there's a slim chance that Trump will win this. I know you are right. But now is the time to have a discussion about the third world country behavior that's going down to take down our country. Shields high. Well, Brad, first of all, thank you for listening every day for two years, man. And I hope you can pass the buck to some of your friends. Um, maybe because I'm in New York City, I care a lot about the coronavirus lockdown issue as well, because I have to deal with the the real oppression of it and see. I mean, imagine some of your favorite restaurants and places that you have memories attached to. Maybe you went on your first date with your wife there or you went those things all around me are closing forever. My community is being decimated by this. People, I've seen people, you know, with tears in their eyes talking about how they're struggling to keep these businesses open. They're struggling to make enough takeout orders for their restaurant to keep it going. So there's that. I mean, Brad, I started the show today talking about the Georgia election fraud allegations. I'm trying to present as much of it as I possibly can. Um, I I mean, I, I think we... Pretty much every day, it's we either start the show with covid or fraud, election fraud, covid or election fraud. And as I've said, these are the two biggest stories in the country right now. I'm giving voice to as much of this as I can, uh, but I'll continue to take uh, take into account that I know that you realize this is a very important issue, too, as do so many other people listening. And yes, I, I believe there was fraud. I know there was fraud. I don't know how much we can prove, and I don't know if we'll turn it around, but we got to try. That's where I am on this, and I'll bring you the, the most I can about this every every single day. Maureen, hey, Buck and Producer Mark. Belated happy anniversary wishes, Mark, and wishes for a fun birthday month for you, Buck. Question, why are they recounting fraudulent ballots? The corrupt result will be the same. Shouldn't the GOP have insisted on audits, not recounts, an audit would sift through the fraud. Thanks for all you and Mark do for us. So, Ma- Maureen, thank you so much for listening. Uh, as for, yes, you're correct. Um, counting ballots, again, is just recounting ballots that could include illegal or fraudulent ballots. So the issue is should these ballots, should a lot of them even be counted at all? And that's where right now the, the Georgia signature audit would be so critical. Um, And that's why I think it really would matter. It would really help a lot uh, to get that done. So, yes, uh, the governor has called for it. It has not been it has not been made clear that it absolutely will happen, but it should happen. I would want to see a signature audit. I think that would be very, very helpful and uh, absolutely want that to be the case. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Josette. Cool name. I don't know if I've ever... Have you ever met a Josette before, Producer Mark? I have not. Josette. I like it. Buck, the reason we sign the envelope and not the ballot is our votes are confidential. We fill in the ballot, insert it into a privacy sleeve, insert them both into an envelope, seal that envelope, sign it on the back, and insert it in the pre-address mailing envelope. When received by the Board of Elections, they open the outer envelope, check the signature on the inner envelope against against their voter registration logs, Check the registrant as have voted and set that envelope aside until it's time to count the votes, which is when that signed inner envelope will be opened and separated from the enclosed ballot. The votes on the ballot are entered without any identification of the voter. Josette, thank you for explaining that process. I thought that was the case, but you clearly have have looked into it specifically. Yes, there, there should be there's privacy about about your actual vote. Makes sense, doesn't it? Can you imagine if that wasn't the case? You know that the libs would compile lists like shame lists of people who vote for Republicans and post them in places, you know, um, which just goes to their mentality too. like I would never want someone to be shamed because they voted, you know, a, a private citizen who voted for a Democrat. I'd never think that, oh, you, maybe your your workplace should rethink hiring you, or, may, you know, or or, you know, employing you. Maybe. No, that's crazy. But. I want to live in an America where we can actually be around each other and enjoy each other's company even when we disagree. Democrats and the left have decided we can't live in that America. So we're fighting against their decision. I, I actually want everyone to be able to have their political beliefs and you know share them publicly and get into debates and not have all this cancel culture and all this other craziness. But it's not how everyone views it. Steven, hey, Buck, a topic of discussion with all these lockdowns and small businesses taking the hit and large companies cashing in. It reminds me of the Pixar movie WALL-E. My son loves this movie and I've seen it countless times. In the movie, there's this global corporation named Buy and Large, a.k.a. Amazon, and the president of the world is the CEO of the company. How far are we from that actually happening? Um, Steven, I have not seen WALL-E. Producer Mark, have you?
6: Yeah, it's a good Pixar movie.
1: Um, what do you think of this? I'll just hand this over to you. What do you think of this? I mean, it's uh, been assessment? a long
6: time, so I haven't uh, seen it in a long time, but yeah, it, I see the comparison.
1: Okay. Steven, I, I had to pass that one to Mark because I've never even seen Wally. I also haven't seen, what's the one with the guy with the balloon that's a Pixar movie? You know what I'm talking about?
6: Oh, um, Up. Up. The, the um, old guy with the balloons? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's yeah, up. yeah, yeah. Is that one good? Uh, I don't remember seeing that one. I, a lot of these Pixar movies came out after I was a child, so no, that's true. Well, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Toy a Story type of guy.
1: Producer Mark is 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 a decade younger than me, folks. You got to remember that he's he's a youngin. Yeah. I'm the I'm the old man of the Freedom Hut
6: here. You grew up on Toy Story though, or stuff like that. I'm sure.
1: I saw, I definitely saw a Toy Story. Yeah, I had a I had a uh, a math teacher who looked just like Buzz Lightyear. So I always remembered that.
6: I'm not sure how that's possible, but okay. He
1: was a he was a lineman for Holy Cross. He was enormous. Yeah. Yeah, taught math. All you seen, really, Buzz Lightyear. Not very is that well, fact. I might add. Not a good math teacher, but oh. he
6: taught math. Well, he got himself to space, so.
1: There you
0: go. You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast.
1: Nathan keeps it going here with roll call before we all head off for the weekend, because even in the Freedom Hut, everybody's working for the weekend. Nathan writes, hey, Buck, a thought to ponder. Biden announced, should he become president, he will impose a national mask mandate for his first 100 days in office. By then, the vaccine will be deployed. And since his 100 days will be at the end of April, beginning of May, the weather will be improving as well. It is impossible to know the status of the virus that far out. But he claims that this is a done deal based on actual science. Come on, man. Shields high. Uh, So I, I assume it sounds to me, Nathan, that you are in line with my thinking on this, that the, the, they're setting it up so that their policies, the lockdowns and the masks, will coincide with mass vaccination. And then it'll be impossible because right now we're running a test. If we do the lockdowns and the masking and we go through eight weeks here of just very high levels of cases and spread, clearly what they're telling you, I mean, it's already obvious, but it'll be beyond obvious that it doesn't do a damn thing. Right. So so what they're going to do is say, oh, no, now we're really we're doubling down on it at just the time the vaccines are going out. And then as cases go, they'll say, see, see the, the lockdowns, the masking and the vaccine save it. They'll all they'll mix it all in together. Kind of like mixing in illegal ballots with legal ballots. So you can't tell the difference about who you see what I did there. Yeah. Buck Buck brings it all together. This this show is like a delicious stew where we're always throwing in different ingredients. That reminds me, I gotta make some short ribs this weekend. You ever make short ribs in the slow cooker producer, Mark? Woo-hoo. I haven't, but that sounds amazing. Amazing. And surprisingly easy. You don't, Do you have a slow cooker? I gotta get one for you and Mrs. Mark.
6: My wife is against slow cooking for some reason. What? She says it's fake cooking. I mean, it is lazy cooking. I've suggested buying one like a hundred times. She won't let me do it. Oh. Hey,
1: you know. You and I both know we want a happy mark. We gotta have a happy Mrs. Mark. Exactly. So, happy yeah. wife, happy life. Next up here, Randy. Hey Buck, I have an idea. Let's agree to defund the police, beginning with the special bodyguards for all the politicians and the bureaucrats who cost the money and serve the least cost money and serve the least purpose, followed by the so-called news media that only serves their own self-interest. Only let the police in place for the streets and the common people. That should save a small fortune. Randy, I like where your head's at. Obviously, these Democrats uh, who are pro defund police, they don't mean their security details. No, they're important. Their bodyguards need to have guns because that makes the people that are being protected by them feel safe. You get to be terrified and not have the right in Democrat strongholds like New York and Chicago and D.C. You don't even have the right to own a gun in your own home to defend yourself unless you're willing to go through endless amounts of red tape, bureaucracy, expense, and annoyance. But a fight we'll have to get into another time. Team, rest up this weekend. We got got a few weeks ahead before the holidays here. We're going to be in the fight. But we all have our orders. Shields high.